This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey friends, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This podcast is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. I just got my Inside Tracker results back as I'm gearing up to train for a fall race, and I'm so excited to put this information into action so that if I'm spending all these hours working hard, running all these miles, I'm putting what I need into my body. It doesn't need to be harder than it already is, right? For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash another. That's insidetracker.com slash another. That should automatically apply your 20% discount. If not, you can use the code another. All right, friends, listen, I'm so excited. We have a great announcement today. We are adding a new podcast to the Sandy Boy Productions Network. We are welcoming a new podcast to our family here, and I'm so excited. This is the Ready to Run podcast with Dr. Efren Kabalis and Kurt Roser, Doctor of Physical Therapy, board-certified orthopedic physical therapist. Friends, this is going to be a great show. Dr. Efren works at Cornerstone Orthopedics, and Kurt works at Boulder Run Physio at Ability Physical Therapy. Dr. Kabalis and Kurt work closely together and they have a lot of discussions in the professional setting and decided this would be a great conversation on this podcast. So what the two of them are going to do is have conversations and interviews with athletes that they work with. They work with a lot of professionals in the Boulder, Colorado area, as well as everyday athletes. And then they're also going to do short episodes where they talk about common injuries and give tips. They're also going to talk to clinicians and talk about the research and new information on physical therapy and running. I am so excited for this podcast. I think it's going to be a fresh, different kind of show where you can really walk away with some tangible information. Uh, Dr. Kabbalas is a recreational runner and Kurt is a 217 marathoner. He ran in the 2020 Olympic trials. So it's fun to have both perspectives there as well. Um, This episode of the podcast today here is just going to kind of be an intro to the two of them and what their show is going to be about. And this podcast is launching this week, the week of June 6th. So make sure you go over to Apple iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to the Ready to Run podcast. All right, friends, and you know I'm always saying leave a rating and review on this podcast or any podcast you listen to to help the creator of the show get in front of new listeners, and I would appreciate it if you did this here today, but also 
If you do listen to the first episode of their new podcast, go give them some encouragement. Leave them a rating and review. Let them know how excited you are about this show. That is just huge in the development of a new show. And also, you know when you start something new, it feels good to have people cheering you on. So let's go cheer these guys on. I'm so excited for this podcast. Um, All right, friends. Enjoy getting to know Dr. Efren Cabalas and Dr. Physical Therapy, Kurt Roser. All right. Well, this is an exciting episode, and I'm really, really honored to welcome a new podcast to the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network, Ready to Run Podcast. And this is with Dr. Efron Cabalas and Kurt Roser, who is a physical therapist. Welcome to the show, Kurt and Efron. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So excited to welcome this podcast to the show. Um, let's get started and just introduce you both to the listeners so that they can know who's going to be hosting this awesome podcast. So Dr. Efren, let's start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and where you work and what you do for work. Yeah. So I'm originally from, uh, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, that's where I grew up, went to undergrad at university of Illinois, moved on to New York city for medical school, did my residency and physical medicine and rehabilitation at NYU. Uh, stayed on for an additional year where I did a sports medicine fellowship. And that's where I really zeroed in on what I do now, which is non-surgical sports medicine. So I'm with a group now just outside of Boulder, Colorado called Cornerstone Orthopedics. Been there for six years now. Uh, my main interests are use of ultrasound for diagnosing injuries and also using them for guided procedures. I also um, do a lot with orthobiologics, which uh, consists of things like platelet-rich plasma. And uh, I also have a special interest in running injuries. All right, Kurt, let's go to you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, my name is Kurt Rosser. I'm a physical therapist in Boulder County. Um, my clinic is in Niwot, so a little bit north of Boulder. Um, and I'm originally from Florida, uh, South Florida. So I grew up in there and uh, went to University of Florida for undergrad and ran cross-country and track at University of Florida as well. Um, and then I went to PT school at University of Florida and then had always wanted to move to Colorado. So I moved out here and have been here for 10 years and um, really enjoying yeah, living here and running and uh, working with runners at, in, as, in a physical therapy capacity, uh, as well as non-runners. So um, about maybe 80% of my practice is working with runners and then the rest is working with kind of general orthopedic injuries, which is, um, yeah, really nice to keep a, a good balance in there and keep you on your toes for all the different uh, injuries that you might see. And everybody just take a pause and give a big congratulations because Kurt and his wife Tracy <laughs> just had their first baby last week and he's running on like three hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's been super exciting. Um, yeah. So our daughter Greta was born last week and uh, she and my wife Tracy are, are both doing well. So we're uh, just very grateful that they're home and Greta was, a, uh, we didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. So it was a surprise. So that was super exciting. Um, I forgot to like check when she came out. Uh, <laughs> the doctor was like, what is it? And I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. It's a, it's a girl. So yeah, it's been a really great start to that adventure. And, um, you know, kind of one of those things where it's all of the feelings at the same time, you're overwhelmed with, you know, love and happiness and joy, but at the same time you're exhausted and terrified that you're going to do something wrong. And, um, you know, just Googling everything that's happening like constantly. So, um, but yeah, thank you. 
That's a perfect way to sum up being a new parent right there. Like overjoyed, happy, terrified, sleep deprived. So all so true. Um, you know, we didn't find out with one of ours and same thing. My husband did look and find like, was like, oh my gosh, it's a boy right away. But I, I was just like not paying attention, not caring. Cause I, at that point I'm just like, get this baby out of me. Is he okay? Has he cried yet? Is he breathing? You know, it's like, it's such a cool experience though, to wait, to find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have found out honestly, but my wife really wanted want to, to. it to be a surprise. So, and I don't get a full vote in that category. <laughs> <laughs> now, Efren, yeah. you have a son as well, right? Yeah. He's 17 months. His name's Logan. Okay. Oh, I love it. You guys are just getting started. Um, so tell us, and I'll let either one of you go for whoever wants to share the why, the why behind this, why you wanted to start this podcast, Ready to Run. Yeah. So um, I guess like it was kind of during COVID, I think, when I think Efren, you came up with the idea and asked me um, like, hey, like, do you want to start a podcast? And um, I was like, yeah, I've been thinking that that'd be a really fun thing um, you know, with talking about things from a clinical perspective and then also like kind of some of the, um, the athletes that we get to work with sharing some of their stories and getting that out there. So that's kind of literally like how it, how it happened. Um, and, uh, it's taken a while to get things going, but yeah, we're, we're doing it. I'm so happy that you're doing it with us. Yeah. We're excited. Too. Yeah. The other thing too, is like, I think during COVID had a lot of free time because our initially our, our, our clinic, um, we basically went down to three days a week. So, and this is pre, pre Logan. So loads of free time. And so I just got really into like running podcasts and um, I really liked some of the stuff that was out there. Things like runner zone with Chris Johnson, Nathan Carlson, um, physio edge. Um, but what we really wanted to bring to the listener was something that was collaborative because Kurt and I are pretty lucky uh, being out in Boulder and we get to work with some pretty amazing athletes together. And, you know, my background is in physical medicine and rehabilitation. So by nature, I'm just used to conversing with physical therapists on different issues when things pop up. So uh, that was one of the big things is you want to have something that showed like the collaboration in the field. So we can create something that was not only like evidence based, uh, but also motivational and being fortunate to work with the athletes we work with we get to do it in the context of some of the athletes we may have treated um and that's kind of cool because then as we're conversing from our initial episode which we recorded they get to ask us some questions and throw it back which is kind of cool and yeah. um yeah and then we hope hopefully we'll bring on some physical therapists other sports metaphysicians other people who love doing what we do and bring in their expertise so that people have really good high quality information yeah and then i guess two of my like bigger motivations are um one it's uh like helping our you know professions like um getting people to access physical therapy more or you know access like sports medicine physicians more um just like getting things taken care of sooner because so many of the injuries that we we see um you know by the time they get to me it's been like three months um because you know you tried rest and then you're like, Oh, well now I'll try rest again because it still hurts. And then, you know, maybe you go see the doctor and then maybe it takes a while to get imaging. And then all of a sudden it's been three or four months and you haven't made any real progress towards, you know, fixing your injury. Um, so a big part for me is like, I want to get, you know, people 
um, thinking about like, oh, this is this injury is popping up. Like, what can I start doing now to address it? And um, so hopefully help you be able to kind of navigate that a little bit um, and, and changing some of the beliefs that are out there about like how to address certain injuries that um, it's pretty frustrating when people still kind of are, are holding on to um, some treatments that we really know don't really work anymore. So, um, so kind of changing some beliefs and then, um, yeah, important to share people's stories because so much now with, um, you know, social media and, and everything that we see is always like the good times, especially with athletes. We see that good result. We see that PR or winning a, a title or making a team or whatever. And then we don't see what happened six months ago or a year ago where there was, you know, months and months and months of really hard, you know, stagnant, not making progress. And um, so I think that's helpful to, to share with um, other, other runners and just people in general to see that, like, you know, these aren't superhumans all the time. They have the same problems that everybody else has in terms of injuries. So I love that. I, yeah, I love everything you guys just said. And, you know, I, I've thought about this a lot, too, and thinking through, like, bringing this podcast onto the network. And I love the idea of someone having a specific thing going on and being able to use this podcast as a resource. I'm not saying they shouldn't also go to a physical therapist and get things checked out and look at things, but like the fact that we can provide them with valuable information in real time, I think that that's going to be super important. I mean, podcasts like I'll have another like I have we're, we're sharing like you said we do talk about hard stuff sometimes but like we're sharing the fun stories the race recaps and things like that and I love that this is going to be truly a resource for runners yeah yeah hopefully yeah runners and then in clinicians as well um yeah. that's I think selfishly Efren and I want to talk to people that we really look up to in our fields and um you know researchers and kind of like um, one of the frustrating things is like we'll have new research and then it takes, you know, sometimes a decade or longer for that research to translate into um, mainstream clinical practice and actually get out to helping athletes, um, you know, recover faster from an injury. So yeah, we're really excited just to like get, get information out to, to runners and also uh, maybe some clinicians as well and just um, kind of move, move our fields along. Can we share with the listeners who are some of these bigger athletes that you work with you're working with some pretty big pros in the scene well some of some of our initial guests um they're actually patients we've treated so i'll i'll start with those since it's have open knowledge i was gonna say um, yeah like obviously we don't want to uh breach any hipaa rules right, but the, right. the patients that were airing on the first few episodes yeah yeah so so our inaugural episode is uh is neely spence gracie um, so she's someone that uh, had worked with between her first and second child when she was dealing with the, the hip injury. Um, Parker Stinson, who Kurt and I both worked with uh, over the past year and a half or so for his helping him out with his knee and various injuries. Um, he's one of our initial guests. And then we'll um, have Gwen Jorgensen uh, Lemieux coming up here in about a week. So those are some of the initial guests that we'll have on and be excited to hear their story and, kind of dive a little bit into their injury history as much as they're willing to share. And then hopefully we can kind of chime in with, okay, well, this is how we would approach a certain injury. Um, you know, what do you think about this? Things like that. Yeah, it's, it's super exciting. And one other piece I want to mention about the running side of things is that Efren is like a totally recreational runner and Kurt is actually a 217 marathoner, ran in the Olympic trials in 2020. So I love that we're getting 
two perspectives there, right? Because we do have pros that listen to the show and probably people you would consider like um, high level elite runners that might not have professional contact tra- contracts or whatever. But then we have a ton of recreational runners listening to this podcast. So I think that this is, and clinicians like you mentioned. So I think that this is super appealing. Yeah. Wide audience. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, I guess without um, violating HIPAA or, mm. or anything like that, um, I, I work with the on athletics club. I'm kind of their like physical therapist on, uh, on call. So I see, I work with most of them pretty much every week. Um, so we'll, we'll get a few of them on, um, and, uh, maybe get Dathan to come on as well from a coaching perspective. Yeah. So get, to get, uh, them on, on the show and that'll be fun to talk about because a lot of them don't have like any major injuries. So it's kind of like, um, fun and challenging to work with them from, um, not necessarily a maintenance perspective, but also like keeping an eye on things and preventing little things from becoming big things. So that's been a really uh, fun like group to work with. I think that's so cool. Their team is having so much success right now too. It's been so fun to watch the really the birth of that team from a couple of years ago and to see all that they've accomplished. Yeah, Joe Klecker just won the 10K uh, US. Uh, and then Alicia Monson took second. And Sage Hurd is having a big year. She just went, she went sub two again in the 800 mm-hmm. and place fifth. So they're, they're doing some pretty special things. Yeah. When Alicia made the 10 K team, I thought, man, she really just like, not that she hadn't already proved herself. She was on the Olympic team, but like making then the world team after making the Olympic team, it wasn't like, who is this, this woman that made the Olympic team? It's like, no, she's, she's here. She's arrived. And now she's on a world team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those were exciting races to watch this past weekend too. Um, just the, 10Ks and then, um, yeah, Ollie ran a 350 mile, I believe, ended up getting second um, in, in the Bowerman mile. So, um, yeah, they're, they're having a ton of success, which has uh, been really fun to see um, and, and cool to see like that come together in like a really kind of professional way in a, in Boulder. So that's been fun. Um, and that, that's kind of a good example too, like the, the On Athletics Club, because like Kurt's like their direct access. Um, so whenever things pop up, he's kind of like the main uh, first line. And so when somebody has something pop up, it's usually I get a text from Kurt or Dathan and it's like, Hey, can this person get in tomorrow? Right. Uh, I'll find a way, but yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we kind of get on top and assess, assess their injuries like, right away, which is great. Cause that could be all the difference uh, with someone performing at that level. So we kind of come to a conclusion as well, what is the problem? What do we need to do? And then the whole team's involved, Dathan, the athletes, Kurt, all, all on the same page from, from day one. And it, it's really cool. It, it's 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 a little intimidating at first, but really cool when things really come together. You mentioned that like it's a lot of maintenance, so it's challenging for you to make sure like everything's going just like so, like it should. But like my question is, why do you think that is like, what is it that they're doing right with their team that they're having so few injuries? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's um, definitely from the top down, like Dathan's doing a really good job of programming their training and keeping a very close eye on each individual athlete. And then they have a really good strength and conditioning coach, uh, Jason, who's rating their strength and conditioning on a, you know, a regular basis. Um, and he's also a chiropractor and he's, he's tr- seeing them, um, every like four to six weeks or so. Um, and then, yeah, so then there's 
me, the physical therapist, and then uh, massage therapist as well. So they're kind of, they're getting access to a lot of, a lot of care. Um, but I, I really think the most important thing is, is, um, you know, the coaching and, and how, how they're like progressing their training gradually and, um, and able to do these, you know, when you look at some of the workouts those athletes do and, and other professional runners, it's, it's really mind boggling to see the splits that they're running and the mileage that they're running. But then when you realize that they really are devoting, you know, their, their entire day to working really hard and then recovering as well as they can and then doing the strength training and the rehab and all the recovery stuff. Um, so it's just literally all of those little things add up to big things um, and then allows you to be consistent over time. Um, and injuries happen. It's part of the sport. So whether you're an elite or um, beginner runner, like you're very likely to have an injury in a year. So it, it kind of every year. It, so it um, just depends on how, how well you stay on top of it. And and yeah, the um, the difference between like a really elite high level runner and a recreational runner, like the, the tissues are quite similar. You know, the tendons are tendons. And um, sure, someone who's running uh, a 10K and 27 minutes and running hundred miles a week for decades is going to have some pretty strong tendons and bones and, and cartilage and all that. But, um, but really from our perspective as clinicians, they're, they're healing in a, a very similar way. So it's just um, some small differences in how we treat them and the timelines and a little bit uh, different, like kind of risk thresholds for an elite runner versus um, somebody who has more time to let their injury heal at a kind of a safer, safer uh, speed. Hey friends, this episode of the podcast is supported by Gooder. If you are looking for an awesome pair of sunglasses that don't slip around when you're on the go, look no further than Gooder. They have really classic styles as well as really fun and loud styles. My go-to pair are the Aviators. I love just the standard black aviator shades. I also love the Breakfast Run to Tiffany's and in races, I like to wear the fun colors. I think it's super fun and brings a little bit of attitude and sass to a race. So go to gooder.com slash another. Use the code another15, that's another 15, to save 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. Okay, so let's go over. We're going to talk about some of the topics that might come up on the podcast. Um doing the interview style for some episodes, but some episodes you guys are going to do like a really like the two of you chatting about common injuries or just tips and things like that. Can you share with us a little bit about those episodes and what they might look like? Yeah. So these will be more short, uh, short episodes uh, that are scattered in between some of our longer episodes. And the idea is we'll pick different clinical pearls, you know, maybe one week it's Achilles tendinopathy. Uh, maybe another week it's, you know, understanding how to interpret uh, radiographic imaging versus what's normal in an athlete versus, you know, what's pathologic, you know, little pearls like that. And what we'll probably do is every for every three or four episodes, we'll put in a short episode, call it the down week. So we have a little periodization in our podcast Love format. That. <laughs> so... Um, that'll, that'll be kind of cool. And yeah, it's kind of interesting because too, when we recorded uh, our first couple episodes, Kurt's wife, Tracy was there helping us with some of the media, taking videos, pictures, et cetera. And when we'd be between, uh, recordings, it was just Kurt and I chatting about whatever somebody's injury. And she was in the background saying, Hey, I think that's actually yeah. pretty interesting. <laughs> Get that <laughs> yeah. recorded. 
yeah, she's like, you should have had that recording going. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think, for example, like with Parker, we'll talk about his, um, we talk about his knee injury with him, and then we could dive into that a little bit deeper about some of the specifics of um, that, that injury or some of the um, procedures that Efren did or some of the, the rehab that, that we did in, in PT. Um, so I think it would be really cool um, for people to follow up with or just to, like you were saying, as a resource to access, like, oh, like, here's a, a 15 minute listen on Achilles tendinopathy or, or whatever. Um, and so kind of build up a little database like that for people to jump into. And then if they want to hear the full story in real life, then they could follow up with the, the full episode as well. So. Okay. You mentioned periodization in the episodes, which I kind of laughed because, you know, we talk about doing that in training. Can either of you talk about periodization and training and like the benefits of having a down week when you're say building like a 16 week cycle out? Yeah. So, well, from a, from an injury perspective, um, we always say like most injuries happen in running because people do too much too soon after too little for too long. So I think as people are drawn to running, sort of like running because we want to see this nice linear progression and we want to see like, Oh, like I did more this week than last week. And my long run was longer. And my long run was faster. And I did you know more intervals. And, um, and that's just not the way that our body adapts really. So it's really important to whether it's every third week or fourth week, um, or every six week kind of like have a built in down week, um, to just let your body adapt and absorb that training. Um, and I think that's what a lot of successful coaches in the past five years are really finding out is that if we get people to be more consistent for longer and have them, you know, make sure that they're resting kind of, uh, prophylactically, um, we're going to get them to a much better result in a, a year from now, or, you know, two, two years from now and just stacking, stacking up more time and, and uh, more progress rather than, you know, like when, when I was a 18 year old, uh, running in college, you're just like, I'm going to go as hard as I can every day until <laughs> something breaks and something will break. Yeah. Um, so, so I think there's a lot more good, good coaching out there. And I think, um, clinicians are getting better at like working with coaches to kind of figure out how to dial that in for athletes specifically. And I think it does have to be individualized a lot because what one person can do is going to be different when another person can do. So, um, I think it's great that there's so much more access to, to coaching, um, even remotely. Um, if you don't have a coach in your, in your town, um, that can help you kind of navigate that and, and help you learn how to figure that out for yourself almost. And I know that you both work with athletes outside of runners, but like how important do you think it is for a runner who has an injury that is from running or an injury coming on that is likely from running to see a physical therapist or a doctor who specializes in running? I, I think um, even if a provider doesn't specialize in running or isn't a runner themselves um i think they have to be excited about working with someone that has a running injury because i think a lot of times what we see is people runners go to see a clinician and the clinician's like well your achilles hurts because you ran too much so just don't do that um <laughs> so I, I think it's pretty important to at least have a clinician that's going to be passionate about helping you figure out this injury um and somebody that speaks the language of knowing what you know what running is and what it involves. Um, I think it's really, really helpful, um, that, that, that clinician has that experience and then definitely like for tricky scenarios, um, it's, it is actually really important to see somebody that really knows, has experience and, and sees a lot of running related injuries. Cause there's some, some small, um, kind of idiosyncrasies and that's where, 
you know, Efren comes in, if, if I can't figure something out or if it's a little bit out of my diagnostic realm, we can figure out exactly what's going on, exactly what the, the issue is, what the pain source is, um, and, and how to better um, treat it. Because otherwise, you're kind of just, from a PT perspective, we're just saying like, well, use the pain monitoring model, and we know it's going to get better eventually. But um, you can save yourself a lot of time and frustration if you have somebody really accurately diagnose it and, and do some imaging um, with the ultrasound maybe early on. Just save yourself a lot of frustration. Yeah, from my perspective, uh, I... I really value a good physical therapist or chiropractor just because if they're coming to see me, it's, it's usually because there's, there's, a, there's kind of a bigger problem at that point. So um, whereas having a good physical therapist on your side to help educate, help understand what the problem is, how you can manage the issue, is this something that needs to be further evaluated or is this something that we can monitor and train through? Uh, really goes a long way. And even for not even just in the injury stage, but in the maintenance phase as well, because once you're out of an injury, like, you know, you're still, you still want to stay at that injury free level. And to a certain extent, you want to be independent. You don't need to be seeing your person twice a week, every week. Um, but if there's something that they can do to help uh, keep, keep the tissues moving well, uh, maybe there's a little pearl that they can have from an education standpoint regarding like a niggle that goes a long way. And then by the time they see me, most of what I do is is going to be uh, coming to a diagnosis using whatever imaging tool I have, um, really taking the time to listen to what they have to say. Because uh, really, when they when they come, by the time they come to a sports medicine position, they're looking for answers at that point. And they just they want to know, OK, well, what is the scope of the problem? What are we dealing with? How do we get out of this? And. You know, that's where, you know, one of the things I do is like ultrasound. So it's great for tendinopathy. So if you're not familiar, basically ultrasound, it's come a long way over the past like two decades. Or we used to use it for, you know, putting putting it uh, for, for like doing a knee, like procedures, like for example, draining a knee, looking at it while you're draining it, you know, draining things. But now we've gotten to the point where the resolution's gotten to be so high, we can actually diagnose tendinopathies, um, and kind of give the intricacies of someone that's not responding the way that you think they would be responding, see if there's other factors that are causing their injury, and we can readily access that right away. To follow up with a, a real-life example, um, a couple weeks ago we had um, yeah, really high-level female runner with track season just starting come in with like a significant amount of knee effusion, and she came in to see me, and uh, I immediately was like, uh, you know, probably, you know, nothing to worry about, but let's, let's try to get in to see Dr. Kabbalah's like as soon as possible. And like, just like figure out what's going on. Um, and ended up working out really well. And Efren was able to do some things that were like helpful intervention wise. And that person was able to like, you know, keep training and racing. Um, but that would have been something that like, if it, if it wasn't taken care of, you know, on the front end, like it could have been something potentially like, you know, a major kind of career ending, thing if it was like a mismanaged you know injury that we didn't take care of but it ended up working out like yeah really quickly and well so um, again that communication is key and um, that's part of I hope what we get out to clinicians is like work with people in your area that are out you know not um, you know we don't have to be a jack of all trades we want to like work with a team in our area that um, helps us provide the best care um, to runners and uh, I think that's um, happening more and more, but I think there's still a lot of progress that we can make to like really do the best for um, our clients. 
Yeah, like lean into your expertise and then lean on each other when you need to lean on each other. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's quickly go over like a couple of super common injuries. Um, I don't know if we want to address like ideas for what people should be doing, but I mean, it comes to mind for me like Achilles issues, IT band, plantar fasciitis. Maybe you, uh, th- those are what pop in my head, maybe from personal experience, maybe not. Um, but maybe do you guys want to like start with a couple of common injuries and say a few things on them? Yeah, I think a couple of the top ones I typically see are like anterior knee pain, which you may previously think of as rudder's knee or patellofemoral pain. We're trying to move away from that sort of terminology uh, just because uh, it doesn't really accurately describe the problem. You may or may not have radiographic changes, but the symptoms may uh, kind of speak to the same problem. So anterior knee pain is one of the more common things we see. Uh, Achilles tendinopathy, we can talk a whole whole day and a half on Achilles tendinopathy. Uh, That gets Ah. me really excited, actually. Um, uh, That's a common one we see. Gluteal tendinopathy too. So what, what someone might term, uh, someone might think of as a hip bursitis. You know, that's it's kind of it's one of those ones where it's not a true bursitis per se. What the real problem is is an underlying uh, tendinopathy of the glutes. Uh, proximal hamstring tendinopathy. That's a big one. Uh, bone stress injuries. Uh, that's going to be a big topic. They'll probably have maybe a few episodes. Uh, super common and uh, really as common as it is very challenging to treat especially when it's uh, there's other factors involved than just overtraining mm-hmm. yeah those are yeah some of the major ones um yeah patellar tendinopathy is another common common one we see um you mentioned plantar plantar fasciitis um or like plantar heel pain is the more what we're trying to call it now oh, okay. <clears throat> instead of fasciitis um why is that vocabulary change happening so it's kind of intentionally vague because fasciitis implies inflammation of that fascia at the attachment point. And um, what, what, what they're finding is like there doesn't have to be inflammation there to still be pain. A lot of times there's more of a kind of a degenerative problem, uh, which we could label um, tendinosis. Uh, but for the most part, we're just putting the, um, you know, the tendinopathy at the end of it. We're just saying tendon pain for a lot of injuries. And so the anterior knee pain or the plantar heel pain are kind of just reflecting like a, a broadening of that scope um, to treat those areas in the ways that we know that are effective at treating them and dive deeper into diagnostics. Um, if if those treatments aren't working, um, then we can go in and try to be more specific as to what, what other structures might be at play. So yeah, kind of a bit of a intentionally vague thing, which is, I think, kind of frustrating for clients and patients when they come in, because we can't always say exactly what the pain source is, right? Like with, um, with anterior knee pain, it's frustrating to say, like, you know, I know your knee hurts really bad behind your kneecap, but it's not your cartilage. Um, so you can rest assured that your cartilage isn't like, um, you know, getting worn down by you walking down the stairs or going for a run. Um, and we know that it'll, it'll calm down um, with doing, you know, these certain amount of things. And um, so I think it's kind of the big issue is like trying to um, not scare people with diagnoses, because a lot of times when people hear certain things, they um, kind of really hold on to that. And it could be kind of actually inhibitory to their recovery process. Um, We get people all the time that come in and they were told, you know, 10 years ago that they have arthritis in their knee and they should never 
hike or run or do squats again. Um, and yeah, now we know like that's probably not good advice for almost anyone. Um, so yeah, kind of subtle, like, like medical jargon vocabulary things that I think will, would be really good to talk about, um, and talk about with, um, the individuals and then also with clinicians, because there's a lot of varying opinions still out there about it between a PT or a doctor or orthopedic surgeon. Um, so kind of, that'll be some fun things to kind of talk about and might get a little, um, could could have some like clashes in uh in our fields I think well um, controversy <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> there's gonna be such a catalog of like things people can look up on this podcast like oh the knee pain I do feel like the knee pain I hear that in interior is that what you said anterior or interior anterior anterior part of the knee yeah I I mean I hear that a lot when people start ramping up their mileage and like you know are starting a training plan. And it's like, ah, I mean, anytime I work with athletes, because I coach a few runners, I'm like, I always refer them to go to a PT because obviously I can't like tell them anything. Um, but I generally am like, let's ice it and take a couple days off and go from there. But what when people start a training plan and that happens, like generally, what is the issue? Mm, yeah, um, there's some like pretty common things, which maybe we can talk about. Um, but then it's, it is good to kind of like take a whole look at someone and, and do a full, um, evaluation, like through the kinetic chain, just to see what's going on at their foot, ankle, knee, hip, pelvis, spine, um, see what could be contributing from a biomechanical perspective. Um, so one of the things with anterior knee pain, that's, um, sometimes a really easy fix is just someone's cadence might be too slow, for example. So a 5% increase in your step rate. So increasing your steps per minute from like 160 to upper 160s, that's going to offload your um, forces going through the knee by up to 20%. Um, they've found in a couple biomechanical studies. So a small increase in step rate can really offload your anterior knee. Um, so wow. that's one thing that Learned I was... something new every day, friends. Look at that. <laughs> there you go. We're so valuable already. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing like with a, with a gait analysis for somebody with a, anterior knee pain that we're always going to look at, like, is their cadence really low? Um, cause sometimes it's like that immediately in the session takes away their pain and they're like, wow, this is better. And so that's one thing that I always look at. And then, um, just, yeah, strength of the, of the hips and, you know, your glutes and, uh, glute med for hip abduction. And then, um, Calf strength is really important because if your calves aren't doing enough work, then you're going to be putting more strength through your quads and in these. Um, and something that was yeah. a big change for me um, in the last five years is I was, as a PT, not giving people heavy enough exercises, basically. Like, so getting people to like transition towards doing some like, you know, real squats or lunges or things like that, that um, runners don't tend to like to do, but it's actually really good for your joint health to load, load those joints in a heavier way in a smaller dose. Um, it's, it's just really good for your joint health. So those are things that we've kind of transitioned towards. Yeah. The evolution of like the treatment paradigms for, for anterior knee pain has changed pretty dramatically over the past two, three decades. Cause I think if you would have asked the same question in, in the 1990s, Everyone would have said, go strengthen your VMO, go strengthen your quads. And you found that a percentage of people would get better, but then there's a large chunk of people who did not get better. So then Chris Powers uh, came out with some really good research talking about the the influence of the glutes, uh, glute medius, glute minimus, on on um, 
strengthening uh, strengthening those muscles can help reduce anterior knee pain. And then you still see a small percentage of people who do that. They were great, but uh, some people didn't quite respond to your traditional strength in your quads, strength in your hips. And now I'd say over the past five years, you're starting to hear more and more people talk about strengthening your calves, specifically strengthening your soleus, because your soleus muscles, like your three calf muscles, medial, lateral, gastroc, and you also have your soleus, which runs deep. And that tends to be most active when the knee is bent in about 15, 20 degrees of flexion. So if you think about where you generate the most power where you run, a lot of it comes from your soleus, especially in your speed work. And so now there's been a lot of interest in looking at that to help reduce anterior knee pain. So now we're really thinking about it as like, well, the knee is more of a passive player in the game. And really it's controlled by stability and strength above and below. And so by working on those two areas and then starting to reintroduce load in the quad, then you start to have a really good effect. Friends, yeah. you're excited. <laughs> I know you're all listening. You're like, yes, I'm learning already. Yeah. So yeah, we hope to like share like the broader, yeah, you know, treatment paradigms like, like that. It's a great example of um, how it's evolving in our field constantly of sports medicine. And um, we want to like get everybody like up to speed as quick as we can on like so many of these things that, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think people, sometimes quit running because of injuries that are not reasons that they should quit running, you know, um, at whatever, whatever level that you're at. So just hopefully we get more enjoyment for people out there in there, whatever running they want to do. So listen, I'm excited about the interviews, but as you guys were like explaining all that, I'm like, wait, I want more of this. So I'm also <laughs> very excited about these down week episodes. I think that they're going to be just so valuable. Um, okay. So we, we're going to wrap up here. These guys have patients to treat. Um, do you all have a book you recommend, like the best, most recent book? And it can be in like in your line of work. It can be research or it can just be like, I need time to not think about this. And this is what the best, most recent book I read was. I love oh, yeah. the books. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think most of what I read is actually running books. I should diversify a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I would say my favorite running book is Running Rewired okay. by Jay Tashari, um, who is a uh, sports medicine physical therapist who used to be at UVA at the runner's clinic there. And then now is a practice in Bend, Oregon. He's the inventor of the MOBO board. Oh. Um, really physical therapist. Yeah. His book Please is amazing because it's oh, huge, um, super digestible. I love that. Um, tendinopathy from basic science to clinical management. Dr. Kintaro Onishi from Pitt. That's another great one. Um, Non-clinical books. Uh, I think what I'm reading right now is actually Gwen Jorgensen's book from 2019. That was, uh, I think it was her sister and her mother. Oh, Yeah writing about her as she was going to the Olympics. So using that for some interview preps that she'll be coming on this weekend. That's, so that's some what I'm... solid interview prep right there. That's the way to do it. <laughs> I got a lot of time. My kid, my kid's away right now. <laughs> didn't, you didn't realize how much free time you had before you had the, the baby. <laughs> I would definitely agree. Um, yeah. Jay Dichari's running rewired and um, his previous book, uh, anatomy for runners is also really good. And then one of my other favorites is um, Richard Blagrove is a researcher um, who does a lot of research with strength and conditioning in, in runners. Um, and so his book is called Strength and Conditioning for Endurance Running. Um, so that's a great one as well. Um, and then selfishly, because 
uh, Tracy has been pregnant and um, is wanting to get back to running after being pregnant. Um, I've been reading uh, Neely Spence Grace, Gracie's new book, um, Breakthrough Women's Running, which has been super helpful for me as a PT, actually, and then as a husband um, to kind of like be be supportive of her getting back to running. And Tracy's already read it. So um, that's been cool, cool to read as well. Love it. All right. Do you all have any other, anything else to add about the podcast that you want our listeners to know? Not really. Just, uh, yeah, we're excited to hopefully share some cool athlete stories and, um, yeah, hopefully we'll all learn something. Um, I know like I hope to learn something from the people that we talk with and, um, yeah, I hope that every, everyone does as well as from a listener's perspective. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It'd be cool to get some different perspectives and, you know, I hope people would just really enjoy the information that gets out there, digest some of the clinical stuff, hear some great stories, and just have fun listening to the podcast. We we really love what we do, and we just want to uh, have people uh, kind of share in that experience and uh, get motivated to get ready to run. Get ready to run. Friends, this <laughs> podcast is launching next week. So this episode, this episode is airing Monday, June 6th. And then um, we are dropping your first episode, I believe, Thursday, June 9th, but we will confirm. So get excited, friends, to listen to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe, ready to run. And uh, yeah, welcome to the network. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having us. Hey friends, are you pumped? Are you excited for this show just like I am? I cannot wait. I want you to know you can follow these two on Instagram. Dr. Cabalas is Dr. C Sports Med and Kurt is Kurt Roser. K-U-R-T-R-O-E-S-E-R. Um, friends, you can learn more about this podcast. They have their own website. It's called Ready to Run Podcast. You can learn more about all the shows in the Sandy Boy Productions Network when you just go to sandyboyproductions.com. Go give these two some love. Leave them a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And uh, go do something nice for someone else today. Friends, have a great day. We'll see you this Friday with another regular episode of I'll Have Another Podcast. I also host a podcast for parents called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Really excited about the future of this podcast network and it's because of you all listening that we're able to do this so thank you so very much and thank you inside tracker for sponsoring the podcast go to insidetracker.com slash another to get 20 percent off the entire inside tracker store for a limited time um, if that default insidetracker.com slash another doesn't work and automatically apply your 20 percent, you can use the code another for 20 percent off have a great day we will see you friday